Hey, so um, I've shared this before. I grew up, uh, my parents, you know, my dad left the business world, became a pastor. I was mad at him for doing that. I remember uh, growing up in that environment, in a church environment, and and every time the lights were on, I swear we were at church. So we were there all the time. And it wasn't like an option. It wasn't like, you know, on Sunday morning, hey, Steve, how do you feel? Oh, I feel great. Okay, well, let's go to church. Like, no, regardless of how I felt, I was going to church, you know, short of death, I was there. And, and that was like an expectation, okay? In any, any event, uh, any, anything that the church did, essentially, like my parents, at least growing up until like high school, they were like, you're there. And, and so it wasn't really a choice. I resented it a lot, and, uh, and, I, and I struggled with that. But it, it's really interesting how I went through that phase, and then I remember through college, I was like, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to be, you know. And then, and then when I kind of hit my point, uh, my rock bottom, so to speak, place, and, and, and I remember my brother started taking me to this church uh, Man, I can remember it. Man, uh, this church in Diamond Bar, California. You probably don't even know where that is. But anyway, uh, I, I remember going to this church and, and he would like, he would, he would like be like, no, man, you're, you're going. Like, you're going. You need to go. And, and I didn't want to go. And, but here's what was really interesting. My brother was not inviting me to go because it would make me look a certain way or it would appear a certain way or he would just feel so much more significant about himself if I went. My brother was inviting me to go because he knew he couldn't help me and he knew that could. And it was kind of the first time where someone invited me to church and it was like they cared about me. It wasn't, it felt different. It felt different than like my parents who I'm like, well, dad, this is kind of your job. Of course, go to church, you know, or, or this is just the expectation. This is how you guys grew up. So you want me to grow up this way? And that it was the first time that someone like invited me and it was like, you need this. I can't help you. You need this. And, and it was, and it really like transformed my brother uh, and my, our relationship. It transformed it because uh, in that moment, I realized that he cares about me and, and he's not trying to get something out of me. He's not trying to get me into this weird thing. No, he just wants to see me get my life back on track. And so he's inviting me to this place where he believes if I go there and I start going there consistently, I'm going to hear the things that I need to hear Maybe things that he doesn't feel confident in sharing with me or feel like I'll receive if it's from him. Um, and, 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 but, but he firmly believed that that's the place where I could, I could figure things out in my life. And, uh, and he was right. He was right to the point where, where all of a sudden, over time, I was like, you know, Saturday night, which Saturday nights are like, man, that's like, let's go. Let's have some fun. But all of a sudden, Saturday nights, it was like, hey, man, are we, are we going to church in the morning? And they had multiple gatherings. I was like, which one are we going to go to, you know? And, 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 and I started going, man, I want to be there. And it wasn't I want to be there because I want to look a certain way or, or there's that person there or any of that. It was like I started to realize I need to be there. Like, I need to be there. Now, I would have never said that to somebody. I would have never said, hey, man, are, like, are we going to go to church because I need to be there? Like, I, I never would have said that. But deep in my heart, I knew that something was happening there that I needed. 
I knew that there was something going on and, 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 and the worship and, and they would read the Bible. And, and yeah, there was times I was like, okay. And there was other times it just like didn't really connect. But, but I like every time I left, I was like, man, that was good. That was good. Like I, I, I need that. And slowly over time, it did. It started to it change. It started to transform my life. To I remember to, it got to a point where I was like, you know what? I want to do something at this church. And, uh, and I remember I, I waited around to meet their youth pastor because I was like, I don't really know. Like, I don't have a lot to offer. I screwed up a lot in high school. Um, and pretty much up until three months ago, I think I could help your youth. Like, I think I could connect with them. And, and he allowed me to do that. I don't know why, but he allowed me to do that. And, and it was like, it was this progression. But what was so awesome about it, it wasn't a progression where anybody was forcing me. Okay, it, it wasn't a, a progression that was based upon me trying to earn approval. There wasn't a hot girl there that I was like, if I just keep going, we're gonna, it's gonna happen. Like I just know our eyes will meet in the prayer when we open our eyes and they'll be there. Like, there wasn't that at all. Like, I mean, it was one of the first times there was actually like, I'm going to this because I know I need to go. And guys, I, I think this is such a difficult topic because regardless of, of how you're here today, or if you come on Sundays, uh, same type of thing, like you come into that with already like preconceived notions about what the agenda is, why they're singing these songs, um, are these people like real? Are they are they authentic? Is what's happening is is like is Steve actually speaking from his heart or is he a hypocrite? And uh, and all these things, you know, uh, what what are they trying to get me to do? You know, or how much money are they trying to give me like to to give them? You know, there's all these things, and and a lot of it is earned. Okay, you've seen stuff, you've heard stuff, uh, all those things, like, like they've happened, right? And so, and for some of you, you come in already jaded, already like with the wall up, and, and, and that's a reality. And I don't think you ignore that. I think, I think you, you say, yeah, that, that, that's part of my story, that's part of what I've experienced. But, but, I, but I also, I think part of that comes from like just a misunderstanding of church, of what it's about, of, 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 of the point of it, of, of what it's not about. And, 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 and it kind of, you know, I was asked to speak. It was so weird. I don't, I don't remember why I was asked to speak at this, but this couple was celebrating like this 50th anniversary and uh, their 50th anniversary. And, and it, I don't know why. Well, yeah, I know why it's a big deal, but it was a big deal. And, but they were inviting like, I mean, it was huge. All these people they were inviting. They rented out this beautiful place uh, overlooking the, the ocean. It was, it was amazing. And, and they just asked me to, the, the wife had started coming to my church and, and she'd come up to me and was like, hey, can you say some things? So I, I showed up. I'd never met her husband. And I just like talked about, you know, amazing 50 years and, and all of that. And, and I'm honoring them. And, and, the, and the husband walks up to me after and, and, and he's like, man, it's so awesome that my wife goes to your church. He's like, he goes, I don't go to church. And I'm like, okay. He goes, he goes, I'm in landscaping. Every day I get to go to church. I'm in nature. And I was like, okay. You know, because, I mean, it's his party. I'm not sitting there like, that's the dumbest thing. No, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say that. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm letting him go. And he's being 100% real with me. He's like, man, every day I am in nature. And that, I'm like, dude, that's someone's yard. That doesn't, I mean, but okay. And, 
And, and so anyway, that, that was literally to him, that was church. And I walked away from that conversation and at certain times there's like, you'll walk away from a conversation and it just kind of sticks with you. And, and that one kind of stuck with me. And I was like, how do I feel about this? Like that, that to him is what church is. It's this experience he has with God in people's yards. Some are nicer than others. But he loves being in the flower beds and, and, and all of that. And, and to him, that's church. In his mind, that's church. And I was just thinking about like what that means for him. Well, what that means is his church experience is it's just him. Like it's just him. So, so he's alone in that. The second thing is how he, engaged with, how he engages with God, his understanding of God, is limited based upon him. So, so the two things I was really thinking about with him was, so man, so essentially your church is just you. And then second, like how you engage with God and the depth that you're going to have with him is going to be based upon a hummingbird. It's not going to be based upon like, like actual tangible growth and other people that are going to take you to a place you couldn't go by yourself. And, 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 and I think that there's, there's something, there's, there's more to this than just like, I need something that's a podcast. I need something than, more than, than like an album. I need something more that, that, I, just, that I just do by myself. Uh, and you see that in scripture. Like, like you guys, the Bible, it, like it, it, encourage, it, it encourages people to have this alone time, but it also speaks directly to church, to coming together. Okay, and, um, and I think we need to just look at that and identify that. So between the Old and the New Testament, well, at the beginning of the New Testament, we'll start with there, Jesus comes on the scene. Okay, now we've been going through on Sundays, if you've been coming, the book of John, okay, which, which Jesus coming on the scene, it's one of the Gospels, uh, it talks about Jesus' life, and, and Jesus comes on the scene, and, and essentially, as he uh, walks the earth, and, and he dies, and then he, he resurrects from the grave, and that what it really did was it kicked off a new era. And before he, before he left and went up to heaven, he actually gave some directions for people moving forward, because everything had changed because of him. Everything had changed. Now, worship looked different than it did. You had to go to uh, a synagogue. You had to go uh, to a specific location. And now, if you place your faith and hope and trust in Jesus, uh, you can worship him at any time, in any place. Uh, but some of us go, okay, so church, whatever, it doesn't really mean anything. But he gave specific instructions before he left. And then we see throughout the New Testament how it played out within the context of church and how the people came together and gathered gathered and what the purpose was in that. And so one of the things that, that, first of all, I think is so important for us in Matthew 16, 18, it says this, and I tell you, you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, why is this important? This is important because whenever somebody says to me, I have a problem with church, I don't like church or, or, or any, I don't want anything to do with church. Um, I, I say, well, do you know who invented church? I don't know. Who did? Well, Jesus did. Like, it wasn't some guy out in the woods smoking weed. Like, Jesus invented that. Like, like Jesus created it. He said, I will build my church. 
I will build it. I will create, I will establish this, right? So, so Jesus is the one who created it. And what I tell people is you don't, you don't have a problem with Jesus, right? Oh, no, no, no. So you, so you don't have a problem with the original creation of the church. You have a problem with what you've experienced in the church. Can we agree on that? And they were like, yeah. Okay, so, so I think for, for some of you, you need to understand that a lot of the issues, maybe the anger that you have towards church is it's not, you, you got to be careful because you'll attach Jesus to that, but you need to understand that how Jesus designed it was perfect. It was incredible. It had a great mission. What you're angry about is what people have done with what Jesus created. Okay, you, you, what, what's happened is we've had a lot of people, we've had a lot of leaders that have spiritually manipulated people, um, guilted people, shamed people, uh, used people. A, a lot of these things have happened. Some of you have seen your parents go through that or, or you've experienced it. And, and so a lot of times our problem, we attach it to the church, but it's really different people in the church. Like if you had a problem uh, with ecclesia, your problem probably is me. Now, maybe not. Bryson would be a good option. You know, you may like, I don't like, I just don't like it, right? You know, and, and that's fine, you know, uh, not for Bryson, but, you know, a lot of times it's attached to a person and we label it and we project it about this whole thing, but essentially it's not about what Jesus designed. In fact, Jesus told his disciples before he left, this was with his instructions. He said in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is a pretty good strategy. He says, go make disciples. In other words, go teach people about what I taught you, teach them how to follow me, teach them to believe in me, baptize them, which is amazing. That means transformation's happening. They're giving their lives over to me. They're surrendering that. And, 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 and so do that. And then take that out to all these different people groups, all these different nations. And he says, I'm with you. I'm with you in this. Okay. You're not going to be alone. Now go and do that. Right? And so, and so essentially, he sends these, these first followers of his, he sends, it, sends them out on this mission to reach people with his message. And, and it's a great strategy. And what we see happen is these people take this message, and we see, uh, like in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, it says, For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. In other words, through the power of the Holy Spirit, who is the messenger, the Holy Spirit is the one that if you read scripture and it like really like is speaking to you, that's the Holy Spirit. If there's something that I'm saying that's connecting with you and, and, it's, and it's literally like reaching your heart, it's, it's challenging you uh, in different ways, that's the Holy Spirit talking. Uh, and, so, and so literally it, it, it's talking about after Jesus left, he gave the Holy Spirit as a gift um, to be that voice, to be that messenger. And that voice that messenger is a, it, it unifies us, unifies us, brings us together. It doesn't differentiate between this type of person or that type of person or that nation versus this nation, right? Uh, it, it, it brings us all together and it unifies us. And not only um, do we see it unify us, but we see in Colossians 1.18, it says, it says, and he is the head of the body, the church, Right, so who's the head of the church? Jesus is the head of the church. So at Ecclesia, I'm the lead pastor, but Jesus is actually the head. 
Okay, like he's the head. Like our, our leadership team that we have should be making decisions based upon what we believe Jesus is telling us to do, not what we think. When churches get in trouble, it's when we start to operate what we think and we, we stopped asking what, is, what does Jesus want? Same thing in your life. Okay, it's the same thing. Church is a mirror of your life. Okay, and, and so when, when, when you look at uh, what, what it, it's literally saying is, is Christ is the head, the church it uses the analogy of the bride, he's the groom, it uses the analogy of he's the head, and the church, those of us that are Jesus followers, are the body, but he's the head. Now, why is this so uh, great for us to think about and, and, to, and to like, you know, view the reason is because this, if, if he's the head and the church is to be the body, okay, one, as the head turns, the body should turn. But, but second, that means that we reflect some kind of image when we gather together. Okay. Um, how many of you have been in the weight room and you've seen, usually it's dudes, um, that only lift upper body and they never lift legs. And they walk in there and they're like, like they probably do like curls every day, bench press every day. And they're like this. And they're, you know, they're proud to walk around like this. But then their legs are like this. And it just looks weird. It's like, I don't know how you're cool with that. It looks weird, man. Like, you just... I don't know. I don't even know what to describe it as, but it looks weird. And, 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 and it's disproportion, right? It's disproportion. That's why, you know, to have a healthy body, you got to work out your whole body, right? You got to work out your core. You got to know those, those important pieces that you need to move and to function well. You guys, it's the same thing with the body of Christ. Like when we talk about the church, it's the body of Christ. And so everybody plays a role in that, in creating this healthy view of what Christ is. Okay, now, now we've struggled with that, right? Like, like we, we continue to struggle with that. We continue to make mistakes, but that's, that's really what we're called to do. In Ephesians chapter four, verses 11 through 13, it says this. It says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up of the body of Christ, the church, until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So he's given every single person a spiritual gift when they give their lives to Jesus. He gives them a special gift, a, a unique gift uh, that, that they can use that they didn't have before. And he gives these special gifts for the very purpose of growing that church and increasing the connectedness of the church. Okay, so, so when, you, when you go to a church, okay, and, and you're like, man, this is my church. I'm going to be here. Okay, I'm investing in this local church. God has gifted you to be able to make a difference there. Uniquely to you. To make a difference there. So you bring something to the table that's going to help that church. And then second, by you utilizing your gifts, you're going to increase the connectedness of the church. The unity of the church. Okay, when we think about like, and man, we've come out of just like the craziest time of just disunity. All, and, and it's not just in the church, it's in your families. I mean, if any of you brought up politics over Thanksgiving, it turned into a bloodbath, right? I mean, that's just, 
that's just what happened, okay? It, it very, uh, very rough time for, for everybody. But we saw it in the church. And, and really, what happens when there's this divisiveness, when people are taking shots at each other, um, what that reflects is they're, they're, they're choosing to not live out how God's called them to live within the context of that church. They're choosing to say, I'm going to operate outside of his will and, and his gifting and what I'm called to do, and I'm going to make this about me. Guys, your problem with church, I guarantee it comes back to people that said, I'm going to make this about me. Because when, when you operate how he's called you to operate, um, you, you don't think about you. You think about him and you think about the gifting he's given you to build up his church. Because it's not yours, right? If he tonight was like, Steve, you're out, I'm out. It's it, like it, church goes on. They don't shut down. It continues on because it's him. Okay, and so you, you've got to understand and know that you've been uniquely gifted to make a, a difference uh, to help the church grow in a healthy, unified way. Now, part of this whole unifying and growth thing that you see all throughout the Bible is this whole concept of community and connectedness. Okay, and, and, and I want to go back to that because, once again, that's what stood out when that guy said, man, I, I go to church every day out in nature, okay? I want to go back to everything you see that happens in the New Testament, you guys. Everything you see. If you're like, man, I'm going to go all in with this. You, you just need to know, and this is what's encouraging to me. He has designed and created me for community, okay? Ever since Adam and Eve, he looked at Adam and he was like, all creation is great, but it's not good that he should be alone. We always go, oh yeah, because he needed a woman. No, he needed community. So, so literally, Community. We, we are programmed. We need it. People will die. It's literally a scientific fact. People die in isolation, okay? Uh, babies die in isolation. So we need connectedness. We need community. And he has designed and created the church to be the full experience of what community and connectedness should be. Okay, you all need that and you know that you see that you need that in every other area of your life. For any of you that got a great score on a test, you were shocked. What did you do? What'd you do? You probably celebrated all that, but did, but did you not tell anybody? Did you just go home, go into your room? No one was there. Shut the door and just have your moment and just celebrate you. You know, no, that'd be weird. It, it would. It'd just be like, what's going on in there? We don't know. He's by himself. Like, nobody knows. Okay, like, what do you do? Man, you're shooting out texts. You're calling people. You're like, guess what just happened? Why do you do that? Why do you do that? It is better with other people celebrating with you. Okay, like if you're throwing a birthday party for, for someone else, okay? Just think about it with the context of you're doing this for a friend. Do you invite people? Why do you invite people? Because they don't want to have a birthday party and nobody show up. You're not their friend anymore, man. I want you to throw me this big party. Some of you turned 21. How many of you turned 21? Wow, it's like nobody's 20. How many of you are 21 in this room? Okay, there we go. We got some, it's like heavy 21 over here, a few over here, okay? Okay, when you turn 21, it's typically a big thing, all right? For your 21st birthday party, you're probably inviting people. I think 18 is kind of a big one, right? 18? 
right? Is that? A, I feel like that was a big one. Um, enjoy the 21. After that, it just all it's just garbage. It's like I mean, it's like oh, 25. I can rent a car. This is sweet, you know. Like nothing else is positive. Everything else is. And then 30, you're like, well, that was my peak of my body. Everything starts to sag, go downhill. So, like 21's it. Like so, 21. You guys live in it, embrace it, enjoy it. That's it. That's the best you can know. Uh, it's all downhill. And you guys, if you throw someone a 21 birthday party, you're not like, hey, it's just you and me tonight. Right? No, man, they're, they're, they're over you. Like you've lost your ability to be there. Like if you said, I'm throwing you a party, I'm, I'm going to do something great for you. You're bringing other people into it. Listen, guys, believe it or not, I'm an introvert and, and it feels great. Like when I get to celebrate something great in my life with other people, it's just more significant. If any of you have done anything physically in your life, whether it's sports or you ran a race that you trained for, uh, guys, you know what? There's nothing greater than crossing the finish line and seeing people that are there to cheer for you. There's nothing worse than crossing the finish line and there's nobody there. Right? Like, why do you bring people into those moments, into those achievements, into the deepest parts of who you are? Like, those moments that, that, that mean the most to you. Why do you do that? Because you were created for community. And that's the fulfillment, right? That, that's the fulfillment of that moment for you. That's why winning as a, as a, as a team is so special. You know, Super Bowl was Sunday, and, and you just see this team, and, and, and they understand and realize, like, the magnitude of coming together to achieve something so significant, so special, and it was more special because of all of them together, right? And, and they've been on that journey. There is something significant and special about church, you guys, that you do in your own thing on your own. It will not bring. Because first and foremost, he designed you to experience him in community. And if you question me, come to church Sunday. And during the worship set, like you'll sit there and, and, and you'll, whether you believe in God or not, um, I mean, I talked to a guy Sunday. He's like, I don't believe in it. But he goes, I really enjoyed it. And I go, why'd you enjoy it? I don't know. I'm like, okay. Well, you keep thinking about that. And There's something about being with other people, especially when you're all trying to go in that direction and when you start to embrace your God-given gifts. And, and, and when you start to do that, when you start to operate in that, it's one, it's not any longer like, oh, church, man. No, you're excited to go. You don't always feel like going, but you go. You know you need to go. You know what it does for you. You know what you you know that you have purpose. You have significance. You know that God has uniquely designed you. He's called you to be there. And then and then you also know that what is happening here is bigger than me. Okay, um, a lot of you you have no idea. When I see some of you guys on Sundays, it man it it encourages me. Like some of you, you're like, man, I don't, I don't do anything. I just show up, whatever. Like like even you showing up is giving God an opportunity to use you. But you got to just be, you got to get to the point though where you're, where you're like, all right, all right. <laughs> and it just starts with having a, a real and authentic mindset with it. And, and, and I just want to encourage you guys, there's a reason that when it's done, how it's done, okay, when it's done in the way that God's called us to live and to operate with, and work with each other, you guys, it unifies us. 
Okay, it brings us, you know, we did Baptism Sunday. And one of the things I love about baptisms for people, especially our church, is it unifies us around what's most important. It unifies us around that original call that I read about there before Jesus ascended to heaven. He said, go into all the nations, baptizing them. Okay, like it's, it's literally what we're called to do. Okay, now, now a church, what's so exciting about that is it's literally these people coming together, using these God-given talents, and then when we come together and use those, because great ideas come out of groups, and, and, they, and, they, and, and literally the greatest of ideas aren't just one person, like, like it's bouncing these ideas off of other people, and so you get this collective worship, and it just grows, and then all of a sudden, as you're in community with these people, you start to grow. You start to go to God in ways you hadn't before because of other people encouraging you along the way, uh, pushing you, moving you forward, saying, get up when you're like, I'm not getting up. I had a rough night, and they're like, no, you're going, and those moments, you guys, those are huge. And there's something powerful about that. It happens in church. That's why I think in Hebrews 10, 25, he says, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near, he says, don't neglect this. This is important. And that's not legalistic. That's not, hey, if you don't hit these, these many you know, gatherings, then what's wrong with, no, it's like, don't neglect this. Focus on encouraging each other. When you come, encourage each other. Keep going, move forward. You guys, you're all going through rough, difficult things, challenges that are unique to you. The beauty of a church is you see that there's a community that God has called you to that's gonna help get you through those things and help lift you up out of that. And that's gonna celebrate the wins in your life with you and continue to point those things back to God. And that's huge. It's huge. Guys, don't, like I said, I think, you know, we, a lot of us are coming out of a state of isolation that we've never experienced in our lives. And I think it's easy to continue in habits maybe that, that we've just learned to cope. Like, like this has gotten me through. And we're going to have to make a decision. What is the purpose of church? Why does he call me to engage with God in a group setting? And I'm not here to like say, hey, if you're uncomfortable, let's get more uncomfortable. I'm not saying that. I'm but I'm saying, like, you gotta, you got to ask, like, if you don't want to go, why do you not want to go? If you do want to go, why do you, why do you go? And, and ask yourself, why does he call us into this? Why did Jesus create this? It wasn't a guy. It wasn't a pope. It wasn't, like, Jesus created this. He loves you. He loves you enough to where he called you into it and then he designed you to, to literally bring something to the table. So you have value. Nobody in this room doesn't have value. You have value. And so I just want to encourage you uh, once again, you uh, have a special place and, and God has created you for community and, and church is a great place to experience that. And like I learned um, my junior year in college, I needed that. I needed it. Guys, I, I'll speak 100% blunt with you. You need it. You may say, well, you're a pastor. You're supposed to say that. Yep, I am. I am. If I, if I didn't believe that, I shouldn't be a pastor. But I know you need it. And, uh, and I pray that, man, if this is your church home, that you just, you engage with it. And, and, and you say, God, move me forward. Challenge me. 
I want to grow in this and, and bring more people into my life that help me move in that direction. Because as you start to, to change and shift your thinking, guys, this is the beauty of church. You have other people that help move you forward and keep you from falling backwards, okay? And if you need to be that friend to someone, be that friend.